Chapter fourteen of California Sketches by Oscar Penn Fitzgerald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter fourteen The Tragedy at Algerine. How Algerine Camp got its name, I cannot tell. It was named before my day in California. The miners called it simply Algerine for short. They had a peculiar way of abbreviating all proper names san francisco was frisco chinese camp was chinee and jamestown was jimtown so algerine was as many syllables as could be spared for this camp whose fame still lingers as one of the richest rowdiest bloodiest camps of the southern mines situated some seven or eight miles from sonora if in the early days it did not rival that lively city in size it surpassed it in the recklessness with which its denizens gave themselves up to drinking fighting gambling and general licentiousness the name suited the place whatever may have been its etymology it was at the height of its glory for rich diggings and bad behavior in eighteen fifty one lucky strikes and wild doings were the order of the day a tragedy at algerine ceased to excite more than a feeble interest tragedies there had become commonplace the pistol was the favorite weapon with the algerines but the monotony of shooting was now and then broken by a stabbing affair of which a mexican or native californian was usually the hero it was a disputed point whether the revolver or the dirk was the safer and more effective weapon in a free fight strong arguments were used on both sides of this interesting question and popular opinion in the camp vacillated taking direction according to the result of the last encounter with all its wickedness algerine had a public opinion and moral code of its own the one sin that had no forgiveness was stealing the remaining nine of the ten commandments nobody seemed to remember but a stand was taken upon the eighth men that swore ignored the sabbath gambled got drunk and were ready to use the pistol or knife on the slightest pretext would flame with virtuous rage and clamor for capital punishment if a sluice were robbed or the least article of any sort stolen a thief was more completely outlawed than a murderer the peculiar conditions existing and the genius of the country combined to develop this anomalous public sentiment which will be illustrated by an incident that occurred in the year above referred to about nine o'clock one morning a messenger was seen riding at full speed through the main street of sonora his horse panting and white with foam he made his way to the sheriff's office and on the appearance of one of the deputies cried well i won't give his exact words for they are not quotable but the substance of his message was that a robbery had been committed at algerine that a mob had collected and that one of the supposed robbers was in their hands hurry up captain or you'll be too late to do any good the camp is just boiling captain stewart the deputy sheriff was soon in the saddle and on the way to algerine stewart was a soldierly-looking man over six feet high square-shouldered brawny and with a dash of gracefulness in his bearing he had fought in the war with mexico was known to be as brave as a lion and was a general favorite on a wider field he has since achieved a wider fame there they are captain said the messenger pointing to the hill overlooking the camp from the north my god it's only a boy exclaimed stewart as his eyes took in the scene 
stripped of all but his shirt and white pants bareheaded and barefooted with a rope around his neck the other end of which was held by a big brutal-looking fellow in a blue flannel shirt stood the victim of mob fury he could scarcely be more than eighteen years old his boyish face was pale as death and was turned with a pleading look toward the huge fellow who held the rope and who seemed to be the leader of the mob he had begged hard for his life and many hearts had been touched with pity it's a shame boys to hang a child like that said one with a choking voice it would be an eternal disgrace to the camp to allow it said another immediately surrounding the prisoner there was a growing party anxious to save him whose intercessions had made quite a delay already but the mob was bloodthirsty and loud in its clamor for the hanging to go on up with him what are you waiting for lift him bill and similar demands were made by a hundred voices at once in the midst of this contention stuart having dismounted pushed his way by main strength through the crowd and reached the side of the prisoner whose face brightened with hope as the tall form of the officer of the law towered above him the appearance of the officer seemed to excite the mob and a rush was made for the prisoner amid a storm of oaths and yells stuart's eye kindled as he cried keep back you hounds i'll blow out the brains of the first man that touches this boy the front rank of the mob paused keeping in check the yelling crowd behind them the big fellow holding the rope kept his eye on stuart and seemed for the moment ready to surrender the honors of leadership to anybody who was covetous of the same the cowardly brute quailed before a brave man's glance he still held the rope but kept his face averted from his intended victim stuart taking advantage of the momentary silence made an earnest appeal to the mob pointing to the pale and trembling boy he reminded them that he was only a youth the mere tool and victim of the older criminals who had made their escape to hang him would be simply murder and every one who might have a hand in it would be haunted by the crime through life men you are mad when you talk of hanging a mere boy like that are you savages where is your manhood instead of murdering him it would be better to send him back to his poor old mother and sisters in the states the central group at this point presented a striking picture the poor boy standing bareheaded in the sun looking in his white garments as if he were already shrouded gazing wistfully around stuart holding the crowd at bay standing like a rock his tall form erect his face flushed and his eyes flashing the burly leader of the mob rope in hand his coarse features expressing mingled fear and ferocity the faces of the rabble some touched with compassion others turned upon the prisoner threateningly while the great mass of them wore only that look of thoughtless animal excitement which makes a mob at once so dangerous and so contemptible a thing all made a scene for an artist again cries of up with him hang him no more palaver were raised on the outer ranks of the mob and another rush was made toward the prisoner stuart's voice and eye again arrested the movement he appealed to their manhood and mercy in the most persuasive and impassioned manner and it was evident that his appeals were not without effect on some of the men nearest to him seeing this several of the more determined ruffians with oaths and cries of fury suddenly rushed forward with such impetuosity that stuart was borne backward by their weight the rope was grasped by several hands at once and the prisoner was jerked with such violence as to pull him off his feet at this moment 
the sound of horses hoofs was heard and in another instant the reckless daredevil billy worth mounted on a powerful bay pistol in hand had opened a lane through the crowd and quick as thought he cut the rope that bound the prisoner and with the assistance of two or three friendly hands lifted him into the saddle before him and galloped off in the direction of sonora the mob was paralyzed by the audacity of this proceeding and attempted no immediate pursuit the fact is worth's reputation as a desperate fighter and sure shot was such that none of them had any special desire to get within range of his revolver if his virtues had equalled his courage billy worth's name would have been one of the brightest on the roll of california's heroes at this time he was an attache of the sheriff's office and was always ready for such desperate service he never paused until he had his prisoner safely locked in jail at sonora the mob dispersed slowly and sullenly and as the sequel proved still bent on mischief the next morning the early risers in sonora were thrilled with horror to find the poor boy hanging by the neck from a branch of an oak on the hillside above the city hotel the algerine mob had reorganized marched into town at dead of night overpowered the jailer taken out their victim and hung him by sunrise thousands drawn by the fascination of horror had gathered to the spot and now that the poor lad was hanging there dead there was only pity felt for his fate and detestation of the crime committed by his cruel murderers the body was cut down and tenderly buried women's hands placing flowers upon his coffin and women's tears falling upon the cold face a singular fact must be added to this narrative the tree on which the boy was hanged was a healthy vigorous young oak in full leaf in a few days its every leaf had withered this statement is made on the testimony of respectable living witnesses whose reputation for veracity is unquestioned the next year the tree put forth its buds and leaves as usual this fact is left to the incredulity superstition or scientific inquiry of the reader the tree may be still standing as a memento of a horrible crime End of chapter fourteen